Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Welcome everybody to Nightlight. So glad that you could join me on this hot, hot summer evening, at least where I am. And, and you know, kind of get some insight into some of the aspects of our own self that, that we are looking to develop and to manifest and to grow and to share with humanity. I want to thank first Ken Quiethawk for his intro. He, as always, is, is a magical person and uh, it is an honor and a privilege that he opens Nightlight with his magical voice. He's a native storyteller, and I encourage all of you to seek him out on the Internet and learn about his craft and how he has helped to preserve history and cosmology in a truly unique and different way, something we all should pay attention to. But for tonight, I have Angela Wicks with me, and she has uh, written a book called The Secret Psychic, And it is a unique and inspiring resource that shows you how to practice your subtle energetic abilities and fully embrace your spiritual nature, even if you feel like you can't yet be open about it with those around you. She answers your burning questions about what it means to be a secret psychic, how to overcome common challenges, and how to integrate your experience so you don't feel stuck. The Secret Psychic also helps you understand spirit communication and offers guidance as to how to reveal your hidden self to others when you're ready. In addition to more than 20 hands-on practices, you'll find empowering support from professional psychics, mediums, and intuition experts. It's a really super book for anybody who is looking to enhance their own inner wisdom and bring forward their spiritual energies to empower them within their, li- within their lives. So I, I highly recommend it. I don't often recommend books like this, but this one I do recommend to everybody. It's really a very special book. 
and it will give you the individual people the resources they, they need to enhance themselves as opposed to teaching them to go find a teacher. So I, I highly support Angela's work here. It is, it is really a very, very unique and good book. She has acquired Body, Mind, Spirit titles for Llewellyn Worldwide. She's a certified medical Reiki master, certified massage therapist, ordained interfaith minister of spiritual healing and intuitive medium in training. She's the author of Llewellyn's Little Book of Unicorns and has contributed her writing to The Edge, Elephant Journal, and Llewellyn's complete book of Mindful Living. For more, you can visit her on Facebook and Instagram at Angela A. Wick. And her website is angelaann.wick.com forward slash arts. So, welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you so much for having me here. Well, it's it's really it's a pleasure. I think you've finally written a book that I can actually in, you know endorse. Um, <laughs> I mean, the you know the element of being psychic is something that I think everybody everybody plays with as they grow up, and they wonder if they have the talent, the skill, or the gift. And and your book really really helps everybody to see that they all have the talent it's a, it's like a muscle if you work with it it will work for you exactly it's it's one of those interesting things that i think a lot of people end up seeking out other people for their intuitive insights especially if they're professionals they're looking to the professional but um, what I'm trying to help people recognize is that we all actually have these abilities and no matter who you are, you have that independent power to be able to engage with those talents and those skills and develop them in a mindful way. And it's it's a wonderful way to be your own teacher too because who knows best what you need than the spirit inside of you. Right. Right, and part of the whole process is learning how to listen to that still small voice inside of you and listen to that inner calling so that you can hear what you're naturally being drawn to yourself. Well, so how do you, I know that that at one point in time, um, I think when I I was first starting in, the thing that, that cued me in that, Maybe there was something, someone, somehow that, that I was should be listening to that I wasn't. I remember being outside and hearing my name called and nobody around. And I found a lot of other people that have experienced that same thing. Have you felt that or experienced that at any time? Yeah, actually, um, the the first instance that I can remember that... I totally forgot about, but when I started learning about psychic ability and taking classes in it and actively um, intentionally trying to learn more about it, I had this memory of when I was a kid, I was probably about four years old, and I was playing with this toy, and I was alone, and this toy, it had, it was a, a jar, and on the inside, there was a, a little 
toy bee on a string and it was magnetized so that when you moved the jar around it looked like it was flying inside of this jar and I was so focused and just mesmerized by the motion and the movement and all of a sudden I was shocked out of it um, because I heard someone buzzing in my ear and it was it wasn't a real bug it was the sound of a person making a bug noise just doing that Uh and I was so startled and I was looking around and I was so confused because I didn't have a context for someone speaking or someone making a noise when you couldn't see them around you, obviously. So (laughs) when I started actually learning about psychic ability, I had this automatic recognition of like, oh my gosh, that was actually someone in spirit. And when I took when I tuned in to be like, okay, what was going on? Why did they do that? I just get this very strong sense that it was um, someone who was connected with me. I'm not quite sure how, but they were just like being really playful and they were just having a little bit of fun. So that's mm-hmm. the first instance that I can remember myself. I think I, I think we all have these these synchronistic experiences. And it's a, it's a matter of if you pay attention to them, and in, in my mind, at least, at least I recommend that people write down these synchronicities because in a way that's, that's letting the universe know, I paid attention, I saw it, and that way you get more and more of these occurrences. And in, in my experience, in my development, I, felt, I found that every time there was, there was something that was so synchronistic I couldn't believe it, excuse me, I would write it down and within a day or so something else would happen so that it was a matter of becoming more and more sensitive to the world around you that is energy as well and how it is impacting you and trying to give you a message. Um, Doesn't necessarily mean we're all going to be standing on a mountaintop with a staff opening, parting the Dead Sea, but but (laughs) it, it it does mean that, that it, is, it is another one of your senses, and if you use it, it, it adds greater richness to your life. Um, so, so you've written a book. Obviously, you've, you've, your, your life has been a, a, on a pathway, and you've, you've followed your, your bliss. You've followed your, um, your yearnings, the the. the, the the things that, that you've always wanted to do, you've kind of put them in place so you could do them. How how would you recommend to someone, somebody out there sitting there listening, saying, "I'm just normal. There's nothing special about me. I, you know, I could never do this." I mean, you know, that's, just a, that, that's what you're going to get if you if we took calls. That's exactly what you'd get. Right. Um, so so those people that don't feel they have this special ability, this special quality. What do you say to them? How do you get them to the point where they will begin to recognize and then utilize these energies they have inside of them? Well, I would say I am also that person. Even though I, I felt like I had this strong calling to this spirit, the spiritual side of myself, and I was always really interested in reading about these types of topics and speaking with people who were kind of in this world, 
Um, so, so for me, my interest has been since I was like 12 years old and I've been working for a mind, body, spirit publisher, Llewellyn Worldwide, who publishes books on psychic development and so much more. I've been working there for 11 years and it wasn't until I actually wrote this book and was interviewing different professional psychics and mediums and seeing what their beginning, the beginning of their own journeys were, where I could see, I had so many aha moments of like, oh my gosh, that was how it started for me too. Or, oh my gosh, I had the same type of experience, or this is what I felt in the beginning of my journey too. So for me, it, it really leveled the playing field of realizing that we all have the same um, power and insight and intuitive ability in us. So I think the starting point for everyone is just, um, you know, coming with a sense of openness. Even if you Uh don't really believe, okay, I'm psychic and I'm going to do this, you can just come with curiosity and come with a sense of playfulness. And start, I I always say books are a great starting point. Just start reading different resources that are out there and see what calls to you. See what types of things you're drawn to. Maybe it's dream work um, and looking at the symbology there. Maybe it's energy work and looking into um, natural healing in that way. Maybe you're interested in um, uh, clear empathy where you're looking at the different type of emotional connections that we have with one another. So just kind of looking at where you're naturally drawn when you're reading these different types of resources and kind of going from there. Mm-hmm. A, a good, another good place is to um, not, not so much look at developing the psychic as much as the, the spiritual aspect to it and spiritualist churches often have um, workshops that, and, and right. classes in, in spiritual development. I know that uh, when I started out a long time ago, um, I was in a spiritual development group and not working on being psychic, but working on being more spiritual in my everyday life. And uh, I, I remember the, the, the minister who was, conducting the class at one point said you know you all have done so well and and part of the whole thing was sitting in darkness and giving messages to one another that was part of the um that was part of the whole process to to learn to be sensitive to what came to you and not question it and Mm -hmm. and to give it out because it would have validation probably with the person you were giving it to and I remember at one point he said we're going to do an evening in church and all of you are going to be part of the service and I thought Oh, that's cool. And he assigned different pieces of the service, and he didn't assign anything to me, and I figured I was the newest in class. I was getting a free ride here. And on my way out the door, he stopped me and he said, and you're going to do the mediumship. And I looked at him, and I said, you realize I'm bored stiff sitting in darkness, so I've been making stuff up. I'm faking it. He said, no, you're not. I said, no, I guarantee you, I am faking. I am just giving people whatever, and I, there's, there's no spirit whispering in my ear. I'm, just, I'm faking. I'm a fake. And he said, no, you're not. You'll do fine. And I said, no, I won't because I don't get messages. And he said, you will. And, and he said, 
look, you got lots of friends. I said, yeah, but this is this is a couple hundred people that I that, that aren't my friends. And he said, well, have your friends sit in the congregation, and if you feel that insecure, give your friends messages. And so I picked five friends, gave them all twenty bucks, said, please come, we'll go out and have wine afterwards. And I thought, okay, I've got it made. I sat there so confident waiting for the service to come through, and, you know, finally it was my turn to go up there, and I stood next to the minister, and I looked out, and not one of those blessed people were there. (laughs) Not one of them had shown, not one had shown up. And so it was like I looked at the minister, and he just winked at me, and I looked back at him and said, I I have made myself a fool in front of larger audiences than this. I got no problem with this. <laughs> so I gave 10 or 15 messages and sat down, and he looked at me and he said, oh, this is very good. And I said, great creative mind here. And afterwards, everybody asked for readings because they were all accurate. Wow. They were all dead wow. on. And That's amazing. <laughs> It took him seven years to convince me that what came naturally to me was a gift, and right. it took him seven. It took him seven. It took him seven years mm-hmm. to convince me I wasn't faking. But but it's it's something that will come naturally to anyone if they open the door to it. Right. And and you know the element of being creative in, to my mind helps people who are looking to develop this gift because creativity is one of those things that fuels the the spirit within. Definitely. So, so if, if people are looking for um, a program or, or some, some way to get involved with this, I mean, I would bet money that while you were doing all of your reading, you were also being creative on some level within your life whether it was knitting or crocheting or drawing or painting or singing or, or whatever, but there was also that element of creativity that was going on in your life as well. Yes, absolutely. And you're always in, in those types of engagement, you're moving energy. And, I mean, that's that's a lot of times why they say it's almost like the runner's high when you're in that creative flow and you lose sense of time. And um, for me, when I'm writing, for instance, I, I, I'm not trying to, but I can always sense when I'm connected with spirit and I'm um, channeling material to a certain degree. And it's just like, I feel that in alignment and that energy moving and messages coming through. Um, Even though in my, in my mind, mentally, it feels very much like I'm structuring things and these are my words and that type of thing. But once you start getting sensitive to your own abilities and your connection to this energy and something bigger than you can, you can start to recognize when you're tapped in to those types of things. Well, I think also going, you know, that's going with the flow for sure. And yep. you did that in other parts of your life as well. I mean, you did go in some directions and then you stopped and realized that that wasn't where your your heart was, your spirit was, your, your bliss was, for want of a better word. And you changed professions in order to step into an arena that felt more comfortable to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And that can be really scary. But yeah, I did. Um, I started 
in, I mean, I've done retail, I did factory work. I got into publishing as a graphic designer and I knew that I wasn't quite where I need, needed to be. So I started studying massage and energy work and that led me down another path. And eventually it all led me to where I'm at right now, which <laughs> feels like where I'm supposed to be. So yeah, you get in that flow once you start paying attention mindfully to it. And, and you know, people who are, who have, you know, you're lucky. You're in. You're you're in. You're where you belong, and it feels really good. And and I can I, I can say the same thing. But for people who are, because I taught school for 25 years, and um, you know, it it while 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 it was a good occupation, it wasn't teaching in the way I wanted to teach. But I didn't know that. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, how do people who are who who feel stuck in their life? How do they start to get unstuck? How do they how do they start to shift and move into a, a, a direction that will be more spiritually enhancing and refreshing to them? I think part of it is asking the question in a way that allows you to connect with a higher wisdom. So having some kind of a meditation practice where you are allowing yourself to tune in and pause. Um, where, you know, you may have put out that request, but now it's time to be quiet, be still, and sink into any um, response that is coming to you. And outside of that type of meditation practice, then within your daily life, looking for um, those signs and symbols, those synchronicities, um, and that just the opportunities that end up unfolding for you. Because when you're in the realm of manifesting, um, once you start looking for it, things are going to naturally unfold. This is something that I talk about actually in my other book, the Llewellyn's Little Book of Unicorns, because I get into a lot of like, how do we find our spark um, when we've kind of lost uh, lost track of who we really are, who our authentic self is, and how do we get back on track with what we're really passionate about. So in that book, I actually delve into a lot of detail of how you can figure out the pieces of yourself that you might have lost along the way um, and how you can remember those pieces of yourself and start to reconnect with that authentic core. And from there, it can be easier to figure out where you are really inspired and where your passion really lies and what direction you might be more effective and inspired in moving. Yeah, and I think, you know, you basically don't tell people to um to leave their job and and, you know, follow right. follow uh you know, a, a teacher or anything like that. I think one of the other parts that is very you you mentioned journals a lot. Yeah. And, <laughs> No, journals are a wonderful, wonderful tool. And if you are keeping track of the synchronicities, if you're keeping track of the the weird things that happen, you know, the, the phone ringing and you know who it is, or, you know, any of the, the little simple things, the more you keep track of them, the more you um, you let the universe know that I'm paying attention. And, you know, so... so Give me, give me your signals. Give me your symbols. And the the other thing that is that, that I thought was such fun is the, the universe does 
doesn't dress us often in symbols and sometimes a symbol is just a symbol and sometimes it's, it means something else too so mm-hmm. you know it, and and often even if it doesn't have a meaning if you work with it long enough you can find a meaning for it mm-hmm. um and and, and a, you know a, a part of that journal work too is helping you to understand what the messages are that might be coming through that you might not even initially be recognizing. Or mm-hmm. if you know that there's a message trying to come through and you, you're you like, okay, I'm, I'm getting the signs, I'm getting the, you know, maybe you're getting a vision or maybe you're just getting symbols in your environment and you have this strong feeling that, okay, I know this is a message, but I don't get it. Sitting down and journaling, it can help you open up to connecting with spirit, connecting with that energy, and allowing more information to come through. And that's where I really think that journaling shines, is not only recording and being able to look back, but then also when you feel like there's more information that you need, um, you can start putting the pieces together even more and gathering more information that way. So I've had so many instances where... um, I talk about one story in the book where it was like on the hour, every hour, all day, one day, I was getting some kind of symbol imagery or just shocking experience. And I didn't totally recognize that um, it was happening on the hour until I sat down and I started, okay, like something is here. I got to write this down. And I wrote it down and I was like, wow, okay, it was on the hour this this means that, oh, my gosh, this means that, oh, my gosh, this is all a message from my sister. And it, I, I wouldn't have gotten that without sitting down and writing it. It would have just been like, oh, this is weird. This day has been odd. But by sitting down and writing it all out, I could see the context. I could see the connections. And then I could feel, actually, my sister coming through with more information. So it can be a really powerful practice. Oh, absolutely. and And I think... So so often we dismiss those kind of symbols and those kind of uh, experiences because we just don't, we haven't taken the time to realize that that we are um, you know we're a spirit in a physical avatar and and spiritually speaking we're getting pummeled constantly by information about our lives and about our direction and about choices or decisions or, or situations that are going on in our life and and if if we're if we're writing them down if we're saying this is going to seem weird but um mm-hmm. it, it 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 eventually you weave it together i know um i know i i talked to one lady and and be careful with interpretations sometimes the interpretations you intellectually put on a symbol don't really apply to what it actually means. I gave a woman once, I said, right. I keep seeing antique buttons for you all over the place. You know, you might want to ah, look at antique buttons or collections of antique buttons or be aware of antique buttons in your life. There's there's something really, it was it was so strong. I, you know, I gave it to her that way and, you know, I tried to interpret it wrongly. Um, <laughs> and and so three weeks later, she called me and said, you know, I've looked at antique buttons all over the place. I They don't do a thing for me. I don't know what you were getting or why you were getting it, but that it, in no way, shape, or form does any of this 
correspond to what's going on in my life or what I'm what I was looking for, the answers that I needed. And I said, "Well, okay, antique buttons. Is there an older person that is pushing your buttons?" And she said, "Oh my god, oh. yes." <laughs> So, so yeah. When you get a symbol, sit with it a while, <laughs> right? Before you go down yeah. a rabbit hole that that isn't there. Um, yeah. But it's 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 something that you know we learn over time that 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 those that there are symbols all over the place, and sometimes even our bodies and our emotions are telling us something. If, for instance, we're going through a situation that normally would be very upsetting and yet we're as calm as we could possibly be, there's a reason. It could be past life. It could be a lesson that, you know, somebody else is learning and you're just a part of it and you're a trigger. It can be lots and lots of things. But the more things that you write down in a journal, the more the more attentive you are to your own physicality and emotionality and your spiritual sense of well-being, um, the more you get to know yourself. And, and once you know yourself to a degree where you trust yourself to be able to share your thoughts with other people, and that's that's another step here with your secret psychic stuff, when do you know it's appropriate to share information you're getting? And, and, and even before the appropriate... How, do you share unless you're asked, or do you have to be asked? Um, I would say, so if you're receiving psychic information and you're wondering, should I share this, if you feel like it's um, a reading type of information that you're wondering, like, do I, do I give this information to the other person? I always say don't do that unless you've been asked for a reading or for some for some kind of intuitive insight because it can be really jarring for people and it's kind of a no um, on the ethical scale um, to walk up to someone and be like, hey, I just got this psychic information and this is what it is. And it can be so jarring for people and um, an unwelcome thing. Like you, you don't know what people's background and beliefs and all of that is. So hold off on sharing that type of thing unless you're invited for it. Um, But in terms of, like, I have this side of myself, this intuitive spiritual interest, and I really want to share um, this part of myself with other people and share these interests with other people, that type of discussion, I would say um, don't feel forced to share with other people. Like, if it's totally fine for this side of yourself to remain secret until you, until you feel that point of like, you know what, I really want to connect with people and maybe like practice with other people or take classes or just have interesting discussions um, until you feel that point where it feels comfortable. It's totally fine to keep this side of yourself secret. So it's always kind of looking at yourself and feeling that intensity, whether or not it's like, yes, this is something I really want to do, um, or, you know, I don't feel quite comfortable. I'm going to keep this under the radar. Either way well, is know, fair. Some, <laughs> sometimes, you know, I've met people who have said, you know, I'm studying and I'm going to become a psychic and I'm going to do psychic readings. And, you know, 
sometimes that's not exactly what your spirit really wants. Right. Sometimes yep. it's not, you know, it's, sometimes it's not what your your spirit wants to experience this lifetime. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and in those cases, you know, I've met people who have said, you know, I've taken every workshop that's out there. I have a, a binder full of certificates and, and I can't do a thing. And it's sort of like, well, maybe <laughs> you're spirit meant you to go in a different direction and it's taking a nap until you wake up um (laughs) right Right. yeah and like for me i i started taking classes really with the interest of i was very interested in energy work and so that was really where my primary interest lay and the intuitive psychic side of it i mean they so interweave with one another so that was really how both aspects started to develop together. Um, And when I would be doing um, energy work and eventually massage, I would also get intuitive psychic information at the same time that I would be doing this energy and body work, which really helped me in the healing work that I was doing. And so I wasn't actively like, okay, I'm, I'm sitting down with a client and I'm going to give them a reading which is based on information it was more okay I'm working with a client and I'm reading their energy and I'm doing body work manipulation where we're working towards the goal of healing and well-being so for me it wasn't about the mediumship readings the psychic readings it was about this healing aspect and I don't know if maybe someday in the future that might change, like maybe I will do readings, but so far in my journey, every time I've been drawn and had interest in um, that mediumship side, which I have a very strong interest in mediumship and reading and connecting mm-hmm. with spirit, but I've always hit felt this wall where it's like, you know what, no, like at least not yet, and I don't, I don't know if maybe that means not not yet in this lifetime, maybe it'll come later, or maybe it's in the future life, I don't really know. So I've just followed the journey to where it is so far. Um, I help other authors write their books and present their information on these topics, so I understand it really clearly, and I can help them effectively in communicating their messages, and I know that those people go on to give readings and things, so I kind of utilize this insight and this maneuver through this world in a different way. Well, I think when when someone says psychic, you know, everybody thinks about a psychic fair and psychic readings. And, you know, there's so much more to psychic than than just that one aspect. So that it's, it's, you know, being psychic is being sensitive. And Mm -hmm. that that sensitivity can can take you in, it's supposed to take you in other directions. Now, now, don't get me wrong, there are people that are very happy with being psychic, period, and that's as far as they want to go, and that's appropriate for them. And and then there are other people that use psychic as a stepping stone to a greater sense of spiritual awareness and and mm-hmm. mediumship and, and whatever goes beyond that, beyond that, and beyond that. So mm-hmm. when people when people are looking to first... And, and, and being psychic and understanding things and emotionally being able to see purpose and reason in situations that have happened to you is, is a very, I mean, it's, it's very important and it helps people to understand their lives to a greater degree 
and and possibly even the lessons that that they you know can see. I mean, oftentimes you'll see lessons being repeated in one form or another over and over and over in your life, and being able to psychically tune into what that lesson is can make it easier for you to accept the wisdom that is there and apply it to your life and then change the damn lesson. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, some sometimes there will be instances in my life when it when it's like, holy mackerel, I thought I dealt with that years ago, and here it is again. What did I miss? <laughs> mm-hmm. Where do I take this next? Because I don't want to do this again. So having having light and laughter in your life as well as everything else is very important because once you have that quality, the psychic, the spiritual, it, it, it does enhance it and it expands it and it makes it a lot easier for you to to utilize these talents and these skills that we all carry. I know there was a lady that came to me once and she was trying to she was trying to connect to spirit and she said, I, I've tried everything and I can't do it and I don't understand it and I've done everything I'm supposed to do and I said, Well, what are you doing? And she said, Well I start with prayer and then candles and then incense and then music and then chanting and then more prayer and then I'm open for communication. And I said, I think if there were spirits there to begin with, you bored the hell out of them. Um, <laughs> they probably went for a drink, waiting for you to get ready. Um, so, so that, so that, understanding that the spirit realm is there and is open to us, and and there there is really no ritual that makes it good or bad. It's being right. open and understand and and understanding yourself, and and I think being a secret psychic it's such a wonderful term um developing that aspect within you so that you can enhance your reality and you know maybe maybe give readings maybe not but mm-hmm. make it easier for you to grasp why your spirit is here in the first place right and and we right. you know we never we never know fully what the purpose is but we get direction mm-hmm. as you did and and what the coolest thing I think is that every now and then when we begin to doubt, when we begin to think, oh, maybe I can do this professionally or, oh, maybe, you know, um, something happens that, you know, when just as we're about to quit, something happens that gives us encouragement. And here's where your Velveteen Rabbit story comes in. <laughs> right. Yeah, so this was the moment when it was the first time that I actually shared this side of myself openly with other people. And it's actually the first point that, that forced me to share this side of myself with my husband, who didn't really know much about this side of myself (laughs) even at that point. But um, I had been taking classes and I was just meeting with a, a family member and some of her friends um and it just came up that oh you're taking these classes would you give me a reading and i was just like um (laughs) okay um just so you know like i'm totally a beginner i might not get anything like this might not be accurate but sure i'll give it a go 
and they were all just totally fair game for it. They were like, fine. I, they didn't have high expectations. It was all good. And so I started tuning in and I ended up tapping into one of the sitters, her brother. And, um, that was the person that she really wanted to connect to. And I was trying to get information and it was kind of like, well, I, that's kind of right. I guess that's close enough. And, you know, different things that were like, that's kind of a hit. Um, but then she asked, what, can you tell me what his nickname was? And so I tuned in and I asked him like, what was your nickname? And I started seeing, um, images of like a stuffed animal. I was like, oh, um, I, this is super weird, but was his, I didn't feel like this was right, but I was like, okay, I'm going to give what I get because that's what I was always taught. Was he called Fuzzy Bunny? And I mean, immediately I could see from the expression on her face, like, no, that's not what he was called. And I was like, okay, just a second, let me tune in again. And so I tuned in again and I started seeing these inky lines, watercolor drawing. And I'm just like, gosh, what am I seeing right now? This seems so familiar. And it was like on the tip of my tongue, I was thinking of this story, a children's story with a bunny. Just like, gosh, I know this story. What is this that I'm seeing? And all of a sudden I was like, oh, my gosh, um, does Velveteen Rabbit mean anything to you? And she just froze. And she was like, yeah, um, he always said that he wanted to be real. And that's that's a line that is from the book that um, it's all about this stuffed animal becoming real and in the end he actually becomes um, a real rabbit in the end of the story and the um, the message of the story is that it's only when you are loved so much that you end up becoming real and this part of that story was actually read at his funeral and so it was just this hugely meaningful thing for her in connection with her brother and it really shocked all of us. It really blew me away. I was just like, I can't believe that this <laughs> just happened, even yeah. though I've been studying this and I believe it's real. I just kind of can't believe that this happened. And I still feel that way when when I get signs and synchronicities or when I get visions and I get these messages. And um, if I have those connections where it's like, oh, my gosh, that's what it means, and I'm just blown away every single time. Um, because even though I really believe it and I I – have this experiential experience with this spiritual side and this psychic connection. It's just so amazing every time that it shows itself in that way. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, I think all of us need to have validation and sometimes the validation comes like that. And, and sometimes it comes to, saying something that you just think is so weird you can't believe it and yet given time it comes true and you know it's sort of like okay so at that moment you were you were connected at a very special level and place and you know most most of us I I will exclude you because you have written a book so you probably know more (laughs) than I but 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 I have found that that when those magical things happen Sometimes you don't even realize that something magical is happening. I remember 
going for lunch with a friend of mine to a restaurant, and we were sitting down to eat, and all of a sudden the table started. Now, we were both into into this spiritual development group. We were both into spiritual energy. We were both into, you know, heavy duty into all of this. So we're sitting there at the table, and the table is rocking. And I said to him, you know, stop it. You know, and he said, I'm not doing mm-hmm. anything. And so I, I put my feet on his feet, and the table kept rocking. And we started to giggle. And the waiter came up and, and said, is anything wrong? And I said, the table seems to have a life of its own. And he said, oh, that's weird. And he looked, and he saw neither of us were moving it, and it was moving. And so we had lunch with the table, making all sorts of gyrations. And afterwards, we got in the car, and I looked at my friend, and I said, how stupid are we, you know? Rock right for yes and left for no. Rock, you know. <laughs> we sat there for like 45 minutes. This table was rocking like crazy. No trains were going by or anything. And we never, it never occurred to us to communicate. Right, right. <laughs> and that, that's one of those moments when I think, you know, how how stupid are you? I mean, here was a physical manifestation, and you never said, you know, rock rapidly for a yes, sir. You know, give us some indication right. of who you are, where did you come from, what do you want to say? Nothing. And right. <laughs> those moments do happen. Right. But or they just they just shock, shock you. Like, uh, like um, there was one time when I was with my husband, and we were putting in an offer on a house. And we were so nervous because we really wanted this house and we knew that other people were also putting in an offer. Um, And we were crossing state lines, so it was a little bit complicated. And so we had met or we were meeting with a realtor who we had never met before because they, they had the proper licensing for that state. And so we were sitting there and we're signing, you know, you do this huge pile of paperwork that you sign page and page and page and page. And the realtor, she would pass it to my husband first and say, Lucas sign here. And then she would pass it to me and say, Angela sign here. And just monotonous over and over. Lucas sign here, Angela sign here. And then randomly, in between all that, she said, Lucas, sign here, Amanda, sign here. And that's my sister's name, who is on the other side. And then she she immediately, she didn't notice it, and she immediately switched back, Lucas, sign here, Angela, sign here. Like, she didn't notice it at all, but me and my husband looked at each other, and our jaws were just dropped. And we were just like, you know, it was that moment of, like, did that just happen? But we both noticed it, and but she just kept going, so we had to keep signing, but... Then we left the office, and um, we were just like, oh, my gosh, did you notice that? You heard it? Like, I can't believe that just happened. So we just had this sense of relief of, like, okay, Amy, Amanda's here. And when I tuned in, um, you know, it was kind of like I could feel my sister and just being like, calm down. You've got this. It's going to be okay. And we did end up getting that house. But it was just such an amazing moment that just, you know, kind of slapped us across the face so sometimes it can be pretty blatant when you're paying attention and looking for those moments and um ready to acknowledge them when they happen instead of just dismissing them as like oh you know Angela's kind of similar to Amanda I guess she just made a mistake it was like no she just said my sister's name and then I tuned in and I could feel my sister there with me and I I could hear the message that she was giving so it's taking those opportunities when they happen 
Well, with people who are who are starting out be, being um, <clears throat> um, there, there, there are—I um, lost my track of thought. Um, there, mm-hmm. there are times in which we we want something to happen so badly that, right. um, you know, it it just uh, keeps going. You know, we keep we keep trying to push it to go, and then there are right. times when when it just flows and. Mm-hmm. To to in 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 my case especially you know when you're in the flow you're in the flow and it's really spectacular and then there there are moments when you're just not in the right place to do it and I think it's important for people to be able to to recognize when that that energy is flowing and when it's not I mean it it has nothing to do with what you've eaten how much sleep you've had or or <laughs> yeah. even you know. It, it's it's just I don't know. There may be a cosmic special frequency that that has to be tuned to, or or whatever it is. But right. Yeah. I, I and, there's and it, something that I I talk about early in in my book in the Secret Psychic. I I give notes of caution, and one of those notes of caution is about not becoming obsessive in in your spiritual pursuits, in your practice of intuitive and psychic development. So. It's like we want to remember we're physical uh, right now. We're spiritual beings living in a physical body, and we don't want to become obsessive about that spiritual side. So we need to live in balance and not over-focus on the psychic side, the energetic side. So it's finding that balance, and that can be really challenging where, um, you know, how, how much do you how much do you believe how critical are you of the things the information that you're getting so it can be a balancing act in as you're really learning things um in in approaching it where you're open-minded but so kind of mindfully assessing the information that you're getting too yeah and i i think understanding that that it is it's just it's another muscle actually but but right. it's one that that requires uh another level of of um of spiritual insight and mm-hmm. and and, and you, you, you everybody notice i didn't say religious i said spiritual um right. you don't have to be a member of a church in order to do this work you don't have to be a member of any organized religion or or unorganized religion Right, it's a, it's a and if you are, it's it's okay, too, where yeah. if you are a member of a religion or an organization, this merges, you know, it's not one or the other, like, this can overlap and be a part of that as well. Oh, no, it's not, it's not instead of, it's alongside of. Right, exactly. And, and it's, uh, but, but for people who are, I mean, these are times when when people are looking for greater understanding of everything, including themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, so, it's okay to ask for messages. It's okay to ask for um, signals. It's 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 okay to ask for indications that you're getting through. Um, but often, those messages and insights can can yeah. I caution people to to ask for those because sometimes they can they can smack you in the face 
Um, <laughs> at, at one point, I painted a deck of mandalas that became a um, an oracle deck, uh, the cosmic deck of initiation. I was in the middle of painting them while I was single parent and um, school teacher, and often it, it took 12 hours at night painting, and then, of course, the work during the day, and then somewhere in there I got some sleep. But at one point I was walking the dog, and I was talking to the universe, and I was saying, you know, if this is my ego, I don't want to, I don't want to step in the wrong direction. And, and if what I am doing is an ego trip only just for me, I'm stopping it. You know, I, you know, I, it's just not worth it. It's, it's mm-hmm. stupid. And, and it was like three o'clock in the morning and, um, it, it, it was, you know, I was saying, you know, I need a sign. I need a sign that I'm doing the right thing. I need a sign that you're hearing me. I need a sign that, that this is something I should complete, that there's a reason for it and whatever. And, you know, I said, you know, a burning bush would be nice, but it's dry out, so we won't go there, and you've done it already <laughs> anyhow. So, you know, a booming voice from the other side, I could handle that. Just give me some sign that that I'm on the right path here and that I'm not just, you know, an ego isn't, you know, running wild here and having a lovely time. And this is like 3 in the morning, 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, quiet out, no 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 cars, no trucks, no nothing. That I could hear the rigging in the in the uh the sailboats that were in a boatyard down the down the street. And it was like, I tell you what, I'm going to go on strike if I don't get a sign because I don't want to do this if if it's just for my ego. And mm-hmm. and a seagull flew over me and defecated on my head. <laughs> oh my gosh. And all I could think of was next time I go on strike do it inside. Um, <laughs> you know, cuz the the birds don't fly at night. They just don't. Uh-huh. And Yeah. So so it was it was definitely literally out of the blue. I finished the uh-huh. deck and got published. But but <laughs> you know it's okay to ask for a signal. It's okay to ask for a sign. Right. It's okay. Right. And and the thing is, signs and symbols can be so many different things. So if you're going to ask mm-hmm. for a sign and, or a symbol, I mean, what are some of the signs that people, you know, when they ask for a sign that they get? I mean, are I mean, the one the one that I know of that I have experienced is. Um, when my my late husband passed away um i've always i've always believed and it's always it's always you know been something that i found that i would find change in places where it shouldn't right. be and yeah. after he passed away i went to change the the sheets on the bed and once i got all the sheets off the bed i looked and and here were pennies on the mattress yeah. <laughs> My sister was all about pennies, too, which she was in life. So it was very obvious after she passed that she was doing it also. It's just crazy. Silver but, dollars. Yeah, it nice. can. <laughs> I agree. 
it can be a lot of things like in in terms of environment um animals are very popular and animals and insects like butterflies um are commonly forms of signs and symbols um looking to your environment um my dad got a really strong a very very strong sign that i tell um the that i tell that story in the book but it was of a license plate that he saw after yeah. he had been praying and asking asking to know that my sister had just passed away and we had the funeral and he was asking for confirmation that she was okay and in his prayer he said he asked to know that she was happy and then he was like you know that didn't feel right and to me that that was spirit calling back to him that like no happy isn't the right word um and he decided he wanted to know that she was joyful so that was the word that he got was joyful and then later that day when he was leaving the house his um his headlights shone on this license plate of a car that was right in front of his mailbox that had absolutely never been before. He'd never seen this car before. And the license plate said Amy Joy. And Amy was um, my sister's nickname, which is what the family members all called her Amy. And he just could not believe it. He called me and he's like, I was still at the house. He's like, can you go out and take some pictures? And it's just like, I can't believe that this just happened. And, you know, it was that huge aha moment. And he just felt the uh-huh. sense of peace. And so it, it can come in so many different ways. And also my sister, she was all about personalized license plates. She had one herself. Um, so, yeah, um, from spirit they can do a lot it might be a billboard it could be you know an animal outside your window it could be something that someone else around you says to them um because spirit can work in that way too where they communicate through other people even when they don't know like the realtor who spoke my sister's name because she was trying to get a message through to me there's so many things that you can be looking out for and usually once you start tapping in like if you're starting to journal especially your radar is going to be on and you're going to be more easily starting to pick up those cues when they do happen and music on the radio as well yeah definitely (laughs) Uh, my my late husband's uh, uh, a a piece of music that that for him was um, very important was hotel california and Mm. There are times when suddenly it is played on the radio so often that I just, you know, I wonder, you know, how the heck did that? That's yeah, an old song, and uh-huh. you know, it, it would, you know, it, it just, it, and once you start noticing these synchronicities, these symbols from spirit, these kind of messages that let you know they're they're there, and mm-hmm. um, you know. They 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 aren't going to take up space at the space at the dinner table exactly, but but they're around. And mm-hmm. to me, that's that's a very warm, exciting feeling that that you know we are not alone. Right. Yep. It can definitely be re- reassuring, and in many instances for me, it's actually been humorous <laughs> because. Uh-huh. Like that realtor story. Once I tuned into my sister, it was her. I mean, her message. She was such a sarcastic person, so her message was just like, "Chill out, <laughs> like you've got this." And there was another time that 
I was just in the yard landscaping and a grandparent had passed away earlier that week. And so I was landscaping. I was totally tapped into the music that I was listening to, like pulling weeds. I was in that zone of being in the, in the dirt. My mind wasn't wandering to like, oh, I should try to connect with spirit. But all of a sudden I heard my sister and um, I heard her saying like, oh, and see, sometimes she can hear me. And so she, like she was referring to me, but she was talking to someone else. And so I tuned in, like, why am I hearing this? What's going on? And it was actually her with this grandparent. And it was almost like she was giving him a tour and showing him where she'd been and what she had been up to while he was still on earth now that he was with her. And it was, I burst out laughing because I was just like, okay, I guess I'm eavesdropping now. Uh (laughs) But, but yeah, then I, then I could tune in and then I got, uh, from there it rolled into another message that I was supposed to be getting, but it can be really funny when you start just being curious and noticing the types of messages that are coming to you. I think so. Something, at least from my standpoint, um, it's not something you can make happen. It's something you mm-hmm. allow to happen. Right. So that, so that you know, trying to force something doesn't make it work. And when you stop right. forcing something, then, then you open yourself up the, to the potential of the universe as opposed to, um, you know, scrunching your eyes and, and thinking hard about a person or a situation or whatever. Um, it, it's sometimes we think we know what we're doing and spiritually we don't know what we're really doing. Right. Yeah, so the so, practice does really become learning how to allow and open yourself instead of oh. instead of like sucking so hard on the straw that you pinch it shut and you're not open <laughs> to the energy that's coming to you. <laughs> Well, yeah, and and you know, so you've you have interviewed a lot of psychics and intuitives and mediums um, to to pull material together for this book, and and I think it's it, it was a fascinating approach to have their opinions in the book as well. Did you learn a lot from all of that? I did. I think the most surprising thing that I learned one. Um, what I mentioned before was just that surprise and that sense of validation that the beginnings of most of their journeys is really how I started too. And I would say how I would assume the majority of us as humans start, where we just have a curiosity and we have a yearning, we have an interest. And so we start setting on this path to learn more. Um, and we might have this sense of like maybe you're you're feeling like you have the sensitivity or you get certain information or it could just be that curiosity and that yearning to know more. Um, so many of their starting points were just such a parallel and that shocked me. And then another thing that was I found so interesting because I asked all of these individuals all the same questions and then I laid out their responses back to back so for one question I would show each of their 12 responses so that you can see right on the page how each person compares 
in what their answer uh-huh. was. And for a lot of the questions, the answers were very much along the same line. So it's like, oh, okay, like there's a pretty much a consensus of what the answer to this would be. And that was interesting. But then on the flip side, it was also really interesting to see those questions where their answers differed and how different people, different psychics, different mediums and intuitives have different ways that they might experience certain things. Well, you know, we're all we're all in on a, a different level of ascension, transformation, whatever you want to call it, so that, you know, the perspective is, is absolutely 100% appropriate for the person experiencing it. And, and, you know, someone else, it will be totally different but totally appropriate. And I think that's really important for people to understand that, that there is not a cut-and-dried appropriate way to do any of this. It's what's right for you. Right. Yep. And it's learning that your your personal individuality and sometimes going from the starting point of where we have commonality can be a really good place to start. And then from there you learn what your own individual um, interest and skill, how that funnels. Well, yeah. And, and again, allowing yourself to be guided to where you need to be as opposed to um, thinking you know better than the universe does. I know when when I first started out, you know, like 50 years ago, um, at one point I thought uh, the universe wanted me to travel the country with my deck of cards. And, and it, it, it basically it was sort of like, okay, I got the message universe. I'll take it from there. And I put together presentation books and I contacted stores all across the United States and each of these presentation books cost me like $100 to put together. And I called the stores and spoke with the owners and yes, they were interested and I sent my presentation books off along with a return envelope, by the way. Mm -hmm. And there were like 20 or 25 of them and I never heard back from any of those stores. Oh. Not a one of them. However, the stores that I did work that who, who were that approached me, um, that snowballed like crazy. And it was as I sat back and looked at all of it, it was like, okay, so the message is, wait for the call, don't make it. Mm-hmm. At least for me. Yeah. And I have found that for me, that has worked beautifully. And and when there aren't calls, then that means that I'm supposed to be doing something else and I do something else. But, but mm-hmm. from that experience, I learned that while it seemed logical to me, it obviously wasn't logical to the universe. And, right. and it was kind of like, okay, so this... This experience, I, I I was placed where I was supposed to be placed, and it snowballed from there without me pushing it, but with me thinking, oh, I got this, I figured this out, and I'll just I'll just you know skip a couple of rungs on the ladder and send my stuff out to places that I'd like to go and be connected to. 
And um, from, from I, that lesson, I learned really fast. <laughs> um, apparently, if I if it costs me money, I learn it faster. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but but it was like you, you wait for the call. You don't you don't assume you're meant to be this or that or something else or here or there or otherwhere. Um, you wait for the call, and, and at least for me, the call has always come at the right moment, at the right time, and it's been perfect. Um, this is 50 years later, I might add. Um, <laughs> there were a couple of places in there where I thought I really had it figured out when I didn't. Mm-hmm. But um, happily, you know, you can laugh at yourself. And, and, and you know, if frequently it becomes a teaching tool for somebody else that's even a better idea so but but it's 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 a special aspect of life and anybody who is is on this pathway secret or otherwise they have adventures ahead of them that are just so wonderful they should be journey, journeying them down even if there's starts and stops and places where they've stepped off the path into deep mud pits you know yeah a a, a a groove can become a ditch real easy if you don't get out of it fast enough. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a, the the messages and the the insights that you gain along this trail are just so fabulous. And you know, you've written a wonderful book. And if other people are journeying in the same manner as you have, or as I have, I mean, those. That material is a wonderful teaching tool and a, and a wonderful source of information for other people out there. Right, and it, that was what my goal was. Um, like on my own journey, I felt like I had these experiences, I had this interest, I didn't feel like I talk, could talk to anyone about any of it, and so practicing in in secret was challenging and a lot of different ways just one for the fact that it was like oh this is so awesome that I want to talk to someone about it but I didn't (laughs) feel like I had anyone to talk to about it and then on the flip side it's like there's this side of you that feels so incredible and that you have to keep secret and then you can't you almost have this like public persona where it's like okay I can't talk to other people about this aspect and so I'm gonna pretend to be this normal (laughs) normal human person in everyday life and um that was one of the things that i really wanted to give people was learning how to bridge those two sides so that you don't feel like you're living two different lives um you can learn how to integrate your spiritual experience into your everyday life um even if it even if it continues being the secret side of yourself but also if it ends up being where you want to start sharing with other people, like how do you even go about doing that in a way that feels safe and empowering? So I have so many different tips and insights from my own experience, but then also from these 12 other people that I had interviewed. And um, uh, one of my friends was an incredible confidant through this as well because um, so much of what she was going through a couple of years leading up to my writing this book was such a parallel to my own secret psychic journey that had been like 20 years prior. And so 
so many of the questions that she was asking and the interests that she had um, were the exact things that I had been asking and the resources that I'd been looking for too. So it was almost like I could rewatch myself unfolding through her eyes and be reminded of what are the most important questions that people are going to be asking? What is, what is the most vital information that people need when they're going through this journey? And um, it really helped in writing the book to have that fresh right in front of me um, through that experience that my friend was going through too. Absolutely. I, it, it's, it's sometimes a lonely journey when right. you feel you're, you're isolated. And the reality is just about everybody has these inclinations, these questions. Right. And so, so it's, you, you can start a conversation with, what's the weirdest thing that ever happened to you? Let me tell you mine. And, you know, open, open it up that way. You know, I, I, you know, the phone rang and I picked it up and I knew who it was. Or, mm-hmm. you know, the, those kind of synchronicity. And you can start it with synchronicities. Have you ever had a synchronicity yeah. in your life? And, you know, synchronicity isn't as scary as a psychic experience or a spiritual whatever. So that, so that... On many levels, there are people who intellectually will talk about synchronicities that, that are genuinely talking about spiritual occurrences, but they don't even realize right. it. So, right, um, right. It's it's not, by the way, something that you can spring on your family at the at the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> right. Um, which I did one year. So. Um, it made for a very so quiet from Thanksgiving. Ex- <laughs> speaking from experience. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, don't go announcing it from the mountaintops because you're going to find it very lonely after a while. Right, but, right. But, I mean, my right. family at first, you know, thought I was crazy a little bit. Mm-hmm. After 50 years, those of who, those who are still around realize that I'm not. But, right. but there are there are moments that that you know you just. I, I think the ones that I would, I, if I had to caution anybody, it would be. Don't take challenges because they never come out well. Right. Spirit. Yeah. Spirit, spirit doesn't like to be challenged. And you can right. almost guarantee that if you take a challenge because your ego is just dying to take it, you're you're going to screw up. Right. So you know, test, testing testing spiritual psychic energy is. Um, I mean, there are those people that take the test and do it well. I'm not a good test taker. But, um, <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> but, but Wasn't it, in college. Like, yeah, I mean, if 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 depending on how old you are, you can play with this. And if you have friends, mm-hmm. if you're in school or in, you know, or or or, or quite young, it, it it's a lot of fun. The older you get, the more serious you begin to take all of it, and and then it becomes mm-hmm. important that that you understand it and the people who you're talking to understand it and appreciate it. Um, right. I, I you know I I can speak from experience. There are there are friends that that. Um, are no longer friends, and then there are friends that are friends for life. And um, mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes getting involved in in the 
actual physicality of, of readings and being psychic and things like that, uh, it does separate the men from the boys, so to speak. But mm-hmm. but with massage therapy, with Reiki energy, I mean that's wonderful material to to work with, and and in many ways it's it's not threatening to people. Right, and, and that was also one of the one of the goals that I had with this book was to really ground it so that. Um, because to me, that's that's what these abilities are. Like they're a part of everyone, and whether or not you recognize it, we're all using these abilities to some degree. And so, I wanted people to see what that looks like day to day in your daily life. And one of the ways that it often reveals itself more dramatically for people is when they lose someone. So when someone crosses over and they may be in grief, but they might start experiencing the common types of things that happen when we have continued bonds with the people that we've loved and lost. And these types of things a lot of time end up being things that people feel like they can't talk about with other people because, um, one, they might be worried or that they're just making things up or they might be concerned that other people might just dismiss it when to them it is just this really significant and meaningful experience and so they kind of want to hold it safe to themselves so that they can honor that connection. So a part of writing The Secret Psychic was to help people recognize that this is very grounded, this is very real, we're all using these abilities, and we can start, when we when we feel like we want to, we can start to broach these topics with other people. Like, I want people, when they're living in that grief state, to be able to feel like they can share those really meaningful experiences that they might be having um, in in regard to, like, continued bonds, because that can be so healing in that grieving process to be able to share those types of things. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the non-threatening ways to help people get into this energetic field is is with Reiki because that's mm-hmm. working with energy and you're, you're flowing your energy with another person's energy, so you're feeling that power. And, and then it's, it's a perfect place if appropriate, to share what you're getting for the other right. person. Yeah. So yep. that's, that's very true. That's actually that's what my experience was very much when I was doing energy work for people. I would sometimes say ahead of the session, um, I would let them know sometimes during a session I might get intuitive information is if I get something during the session, is this something that you would want me to share with you? So I would lay that out ahead of the session so that I didn't surprise them and it gave them the um, the decision of whether or not they would receive that information. Well, I think one of the important things, a lot, a lot of people who in their later years get involved with this field is is because of mediumship, because of a desire to touch in with somebody who has passed over. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in that instance, um, 
to, to me, it's it's their wanting and needing to have some sort of validation is, in in some ways, gets in the way of the actual reality of what happens when you are opening yourself up to that kind of communication. Um, sometimes you get you get spirits that um, aren't the people you're looking for, but 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 are spirits that have a message or or whatever. So it's it's not something I would suggest as your very first opening gambit into this field because mediumship does require some sort of balance psychically in order to be able to open to that kind of energy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that you can understand um, who you're connecting with. That can be definitely really important. But but on on the other side, when people cross over, lots of times they really do try to communicate with people they loved and they've been close to. And so what are some of the ways that spirit can make itself known to, to relatives and friends with, without requiring them to be a full-blown medium? Penny's being one of them. Yes, that one is definitely a common one that a lot of people are aware of, I think because of the movie Ghost, because the Uh ponies were a part of that movie. Um, Visions, you might have, and this isn't something for a lot of people that is like a really dramatic vision, big thing playing out for you. It might just be like a quick flash, almost like someone is flashing pictures in front of your vision or like in your memory so um visions when i speak of them it's like i would say for example picture your bedroom right now and then picture your bedspread and what color is that and what is the pattern that is on your bedspread so the way that you're seeing that right now is the same way that for most people you would experience a vision where you're seeing it within your mind And so when spirit is bringing you a vision, for a lot of people, it ends up feeling like just photos flashing in your mind. And it might just be one quick flash or maybe a couple. Um, And then if you decide to tune in and, and feel out like, okay, is that, was that just a message that was really weird? You can tune in and then see if more information comes to you. And I have practices in my book that help you, delve deeper into that type of practice unfold even more. Um, You might hear sounds or words, like you had mentioned hearing your name called. And sometimes Uh this can can be the same way that you hear with your physical ears. So if you hear like your name being called or some kind of other noise, but it could also play out in the same way that we hear our thoughts in our mind where it can sound exactly like your own thoughts, which makes it really challenging sometimes to understand if this is your own thought or if it's a message that's coming to you. But as we start tuning in even more, um, there's almost a different quality to the thought when it's coming from spirit or from someone else. So once you start practicing and developing your abilities, that becomes easier to recognize as well. Um, You could also just get a feeling or impression. Um, I know at my sister's funeral, 
a handful of people said there was a moment where they felt like um, my sister was hugging them. So that's a really strong feeling. So it was like a warmth around their hearts, and they felt this sensation of being hugged, and they felt like it was her imparting that to them. So it can be a, a feeling, or you might just all of a sudden have this sensation that a loved one or someone is near you. Um, and in that moment, in the form of our continued bonds, that might be when you start talking to them and having this kind of communication of like um, just having a conversation in, in your mind with them and you can kind of feel like they're there with you. Um, you could also have disturbances in your environment. So where a lot of times people will talk about electronics going off. I had a friend who after her dog died, they had disturbances with their TV to the point where my friend was totally convinced that this was her dog, but her husband was not convinced and he ended up throwing out the TV and getting another one only for it to have the exact same things happen. <laughs> and then finally when he was like, okay, fine, it's the dog, it stopped and everything was so... Um, when it comes to those types of disturbances, you always want to be aware of like, okay, my lamp is flashing, but maybe the light bulb is just bad. So that's when you really need to have discernment of like, okay, is this actually a message or is it just an electronic going wrong, that kind of thing. So um, you could also have physical objects being moved. So the pennies, that's one example of that. Or you could have visitations in a dream. That one is really common. And I had that happen a lot after my sister passed away. And I talk about, um, in my book, I give a practice in how to discern if it's truly a visitation dream from someone versus if it's just your mind trying to process your own grief and the experience of loss. So there's some discernment there too. So there's a lot of different ways that they can be coming through to us. And there's all these different avenues and they can interweave with one another. And when we start paying attention, like you don't have to be a professional psychic or have a ton of skill or be practicing for a long time. Just once you start paying attention to these different avenues, it can be really amazing that how many things you start noticing. Oh, and again, journals, definitely journaling it, but you missed you missed two, and one is smelling. Often, often oh, there's right. a, a the you know the fragrance of somebody. Um, I, I I there are times when when I smell someone that that was close to me, and and there's no one around who's wafting anything at me, mm-hmm. and and I know that 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 it's it's the old spice, you know, and I it's my father used old spice. And yeah. there have been times when I've just been out walking and Old Spice surrounds me. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's so cool. And, yeah. and, the, other is, yeah, and the other is taste. Um, yeah. I actually, there used to be um, another psychic that, that worked with me on the radio show many years ago. And she, she actually, taste is what, what got to her. She, and she hated peanut butter. She just hated it, and and without fail, I I would not every time, but every now and then I would just just to test her. I would eat peanut butter before the show, and and the first thing she would say to me was, "Barbara, you have peanut butter." 
And <laughs> it was weird because she was always right, you know, but but there are those that you know that that is their sensitivity, their their taste buds and and yeah. Um so so you know, we have many senses and all of them can be approached by a spirit and and utilized to get our attention. So right. journaling, I I just I I stress journaling to everybody because and and sooner or later you get used to the fact that you you recognize most of these things and you don't bother journaling them down but but in the beginning journaling is so important because you know even if um even if we we you know don't think it's it's meant to be something if you if you write it down in a couple of days you can go back to it and see how it it weaves into something else that happened in your life and there, therefore it was a message it was there was a reason for something that that some synchronicity that happened so it's it's really important to 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 put them down and and you know if you've got good recipes put the recipes down in your journal too but but you know don't don't make it just specifically for a specific thing let it be a journal that is a reminder of things that have happened to you in your life and your daily life um while while developing these skills that that we have that are part of our makeup they're they're um they're not, you know, when you buy a car, there are always extras you can throw in. These are not extras that have been thrown in. We came with all the bells and whistles. We just haven't learned to use them all yet. Right. And and journaling, you know, helps to awaken, you know, those those aspects. Um, I was I was kind of wondering, you know, with with all of the people that you 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 um. Talk to in order to get this book published. You know the the different experts in the different fields. How did you choose them? How did you find them? What I mean, were there different categories you wanted to fill, or was it just trusting you? You know what you found would be appropriate for the book. How did you choose the people that you used as experts? Well, I wanted to know personally that the individuals were credible, so. All of them I have either worked with, so many of them are authors that I have acquired their books and I've um, I've worked on their books with them, so I've worked with them very closely for many years. Or, um, for example, in the instance of John Holland, I've met him at different events, and so I have spoken with him directly and I've, I've seen him do his work live um, where he's done um, gallery readings so i've mm-hmm. I've witnessed his credibility in person um, so that was actually how I ended up choosing them. I wanted um men and women I wanted people of um different backgrounds different um so some of them are really focused in giving readings and some of them are really focused in energetics and healing work. some of them are very focused in um either psychic psychic readings versus mediumship readings. Um, so I was looking for variation in who I was speaking with. Okay, it's just, you know, it's, a, it's an eclectic group for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what I want because I, you know, the reader or, or the the readers that are coming to this book are, 
a range of different people. And so I wanted people to be able to um, potentially see themselves in the um, in some aspect of the people that I was interviewing. So I wanted definitely to have a range of different types of people. Well, I think you did a great job. Um, well, you know, thank I was you. Very, I, I, was, I was very impressed with all of them. I thought that they all had great validity. And, um, you know, this field is noted for having some very unique characters in it. And it, it seems to me that you you really selected a great many, that, that all of them, as a matter of fact, none of them are what I would call on the edge or the fringe <laughs> of being <laughs> strange or unusual. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 um, it's, a, it's a lovely group of people, and, and I think they took the interview that you did with them very, very, um, very, very seriously. There's yeah, they did. They were all being very, um, very serious about their their replies. They, you can tell that they were thoughtful. They'd been thought over. They'd been worked on, and and that that they were going for as deep a meaning as they could possibly, you know, give you at that particular point in time. Mm-hmm. With 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 people who read your book, one of the questions that that is going to be on most people's minds is, you know, okay, so when do I when do I tell people I'm psychic, and and do I have to prove it? And when do when do I come out of the closet as someone who <laughs> has psychic ability? And it's a it's a good question. I mean, just because you are psychic doesn't mean you're going to be practicing as a psychic. So, you know, how do you weave that into your everyday life? I think that is a really personal question for each individual to answer for themselves because I think every person's experience is going to be a little bit different and specific to whatever their own life situation is. So I don't have a blanket answer for that, but I definitely have steps that you can take and that you can kind of assess like, am I ready? Okay, maybe not quite. And then I have exercises that you can do for um, figuring out, for example, one good way to start stepping out is to look for instruction and start connecting with people who you know off the bat are have a like-minded um, <clears throat> perspective or interest so that you aren't, when you start sharing who you are and these interests that you have, you aren't hitting your head against a wall with with people that just aren't going to be receptive to what you're saying. So you that's a safe way to start approaching things is connecting with people who you absolutely know off the bat are going to be like-minded. So how do you go about finding instruction that makes sense for you? Um, that's a really good question to start asking. And I have a lot of different resources in the book for different organizations that you might look at um, different online resources, um, different types of programs that you can be looking for, or like in a local um, internet search, uh, different key phrases that you can type in with your city name or your your location and then see what comes up for that type of a thing in your local area. Um, and then from there, you can start looking at in, in your own personal practice, like look at long-held beliefs that you have versus 
what you what you see your new spiritual experience being and start kind of sorting out where you've been versus where you want to be heading. Um, this can be a really good area to start kind of starting to see um, what area the like-minded people are that you're looking for. So like what types of classes, what types of, what types of instruction are you interested in looking for? Like for me, it was very much around energy work. And that was how I found um, my community and people that I could talk to um, about this side of myself. So asking yourself, what is my interest and, and what do I want to be sharing about with other people and learning about? Um, and then from there, you can, once you start kind of assessing your interests and reaching out to find the resources, you can start looking for opportunities to connect with a confidant or maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend that you already have, um, where you can start to ask safe questions, hypothetical questions, which you had mentioned before of, um, maybe maybe you are having a conversation with someone and you're talking about a show and there's a psychic on the show and, and you start talking about that character's experience and just being like, hey, have you ever had, um, or like, do you believe in this kind of thing? You know, there are different safe ways that you can start to kind of uh-huh. approach those topics with people that you know. So. Um, so, yeah, I give a ton of different exercises and resources in the book to start opening that door for yourself. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think it's it's interesting. Once you start on this pathway, it's, it, it's very exciting. And the more you are open to experiencing psychic phenomena, the more frequently it does happen. And it, it's, mm-hmm. I, I have I have known people that that were on that pathway and that they just absolutely couldn't handle what was what what they were experiencing and so they shut it down. And I think it's important for people to understand that you are in charge of how much or how how little or how much right. of this energy you want to flow in your life. It's not it's not getting on a slippery slope and suddenly deciding, ooh, this isn't for me, but I'm committed, so I have to go all the way to the bottom. Right. That's not the whole, you know, you, you can put a hold on it if it's, if it's a little bit too much for you. You can, you can adjust how you're, how you're utilizing this energy. You can utilize meditation to, to pave a way for you to, to, to deal with it in, in, a, in a better, more healthy way. I mean, there there are you have total control over this is what I'm trying to say. Right. <clears throat> that was my experience early on too. Was you know I started opening myself up when I was like 12, and by the time I was 14, I was just like, this is too weird. Like I started getting some um, not fun experiences that I just couldn't understand, and I was working on my own, so it was just too much. So I pretty much shut down. Um, for four or five years until, you know, I was more mature, I had more um, boundaries set for myself, and I felt safer in opening myself back up to the experience. Yeah, so, I mean, no matter how old you are or young, um, mm-hmm. there is, 
you know, it, it depends on, on your background and, and how you've been brought up and what you believe in. It's not, yeah. and again, it's not meant to replace anything. It's meant to be, in, you know, alongside of instead, instead of not instead of. So that so that it's it's a wonderful asset to your tool belt. Whether you use it um, in in just trying to figure out what people in your life, you know, what their agendas are, and and how deeply you want to become involved with them or not, it's it's a wonderful tool to use um, in in any situation. If you just stop and quiet yourself and, and say to yourself, where are they coming from, and and address them on that level, I think. For me, especially um, with with the work that I've done with the public, um, for me, using that aspect, that that tool has has helped me greatly in making great connections with people, in taking the time to step back and say, where are they coming from? What chakra is most most active in their in their level of awareness? And that's the chakra I address myself to whether it's on an intellectual level or a spiritual level or a communicative level or a, or a survival level, um, you can utilize these tools that you gain through this awakening inside of yourself to, to, to be a better communicator in, in your everyday life and never have to say the word psychic ever. Right, yeah. And yet that's what you're doing. Right. <laughs> and that's something I, that's one of the first things that I talk about in the book is um, the language that you choose to use and what it actually means versus um, what it doesn't mean. Um, I lay that out right away because um, I know the word psychic can be scary for a lot of people, but um, if you take that word off the table, just using intuition, like that is usually much more um accepted in the mainstream i would say so you can totally defer to that language and um you know if that's more comfortable then roll with it <laughs> well yeah and the the reality is that that we are electromagnetic beings so that there's an energy field that is around us and you can scientifically go into all of that and explain just about everything scientifically, and yet it has the spiritual realm that it is incorporated into all of it. So that, you know, it doesn't matter what vocabulary you use, so long as you are communicating. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I have found that that lots of people, while they don't want to um, talk psychically, they will talk energetically, or they will right. talk spiritually. But you know, it, it's it's not a religious slope you're on. It's a spiritual slope, which is which is so cool yep. because, you know, you're, you, and every major religion has spiritual philosophies. And mm-hmm. if you stick with the philosophies, you can't go wrong. I mean, you know, well, you can go wrong probably. I mean, cer- certainly if, it, if one can go wrong, I've probably done it at one point in time or, or another. But... But the, the reality here is that this is this is very special work. It's a very personal work, and and utilizing those tools that you've got just makes your your life so much richer. It, it a favorite term of mine, and I I 
I don't think I invented it, but I don't know who did. It, it takes your, your life from a black and white reality to a technicolor one very fast. Oh, yeah. That's a really good metaphor for it. And it, the richness that is there, the, the, the laughter and the joy that is there is really quite spectacular. And, and again, you know, the, the term psychic has always turned me off because it, it has such bad connotations to it. But right. I've, used, I've used terms like empath, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've looked for terms that, that explain what you're doing without being a psychic. And, you know, the, the easiest term you can throw out there is psychic, and then people know, oh, yeah, okay, you're one of those. Yep. And, and, you know. <laughs> It's a shame because because um, I'd love to see a lot of this stuff taught in schools. I'd love to see energy work taught in schools. It, it to me, it, it makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah. Reiki and Tai Chi. Um, mm-hmm. I had a um, I had I taught special education, and I found that. Um, I could teach the kids some basic Tai Chi, and we would do the Tai Chi first thing in the morning, and they were calmer for the whole day because of it. That's awesome. So, I mean, you, you I could have used incorporate. that. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's, it's and and I don't know. We were talking about Egyptian stuff, and suddenly meditation came into the into the talk, and they said, "What is that?" And so. We sat and we meditated. Um, mm-hmm. The, um, I mean, so many, so many areas have have touched onto this field, and 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 today it's it's so much more easily accessed. Um, the super learning they had with um, Vivaldi's Four Seasons. I found if I played that music subtly in the background, the classroom was quieter and they could pay attention more. So energetically, there are so many things out there that can be used as tools that enhance your physical reality that have nothing to do with, quote, unquote, psychic stuff. Right. Yeah, it's kind of funny, too, because the the forward for the secret Psychic was written by um, Echo Bodine, who was actually my beginning instructor. She was the first instructor instructor that I had in energy work and these spiritual teachings. And the first line that she has in the foreword is, "I wish a family member would read every child this um, this very important book before they ever hit preschool." And when I read that the first time, I it it, it hit me because. I could identify with that. Like knowing this type of material would have really helped me when I was younger because Absolutely. I've always been so sensitive and very tuned into energetics, very tuned into other people's emotions and um, not understanding that soup that I was swimming in was very confusing <laughs> and disorienting. <laughs> Well, you know, it's so, even even with psychic art with scribbles, you can identify um, you can identify children that are that that are going that are outgoing and children that are um, 
that are going to be harder to get to. You can identify even um, autistic children from their scribbles. You hand them a I had a, uh, a friend who was a kindergarten teacher, and once a year she would bring me scribbles by the kids, and we would look at them, and we'd be able to, to see which child will go outside of the box, which is wonderful and, mm -hmm. and creative, and then the kids that stayed inside the lines and the kids that stayed, you know, in one little corner were more, um, were more in, into themselves and needed to, you know, be helped to bring, come outside of themselves. And, I mean, there were mm -hmm. so many things utilizing these skills, these sensitivities that, that we have at our, you know, at our fingertips enhances what we can do for other people as well as ourselves. Mhm. Mm so it's it's um it's I think we all owe it to ourselves to to take it as far as we can in whatever direction that opens to us and you know sometimes the directions that open to us are not the ones we anticipated or thought about. So right. <laughs> uh, I mean it no way in no way in creation did I ever think that I would be doing psychic work or being on a radio show or interviewing <laughs> people from all over the world. I mean, that that just never crossed my mind. You know, right. when I was in my, my 20s, I was going to be married, have children in a white picket fence, you know, and that was it. Mm -hmm. yep. And it couldn't have been further from the truth. So, and, and I still don't, you know, I still don't know what I'm going to be if I grow up. So, it's, it's, you know, it, it's an it's an exciting adventure, and mm -hmm. I think your book gives people a wonderful foundation and a wonderful way to step into the field and and be open to what the field has to share with them. And uh, I, and, yeah. and yeah, and my goal in all of it was to really empower people. Um, to be able to recognize and understand the different types of experiences that they might have if if they're on the very sensitive side of things, to understand things that they might have not been understanding their entire lives and been confused about. And then on the other side of the spectrum, people who really don't notice things but just have a curiosity um like how they can even begin to start to cultivate these abilities and notice when they're actually engaging with them so it's uh -huh. really really my hope that it will help empower people well i i can't see how it could not i mean and you've mm -hmm. done a beautiful job of, of getting opinions from lots of different people and um I, I really, I've, as I said, I've recommended the book to a number of people already because it's 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 a good, solid, foundational book, and it gives you everyday techniques, and and it 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 isn't trying to sway you one way or another. It's just giving you a way to fully understand yourself and your own energies, and mm -hmm. that's that's a really important um, tool and gift to give to people. And I'm sure that there's probably another book in the making as we speak, so or probably will be. <laughs> I I hold out curiosity. I'm not sure what that would be, but I definitely am open to it. <laughs> well, you know, so long as you're open to strange and wonderful, I mean that's that's mm -hmm. a great place to be. 
Um, so yep. we're, we're we're getting we're getting here to the end of our time frame. Are, are there some workshops or whatever that you're giving that you want to uh, put out there, or and or um, how do people contact you if they want to? Um, they can contact me through my website at www.angelaann.wix.com forward slash arts. And if that is too confusing, because it kind of is, you can just Google my name, Angela A. Wix, and the book is The Secret Psychic. And if you Google that, my website will pop up. And you can also reach me through Instagram and Facebook at Angela A. Wix. And that's W-I-X. And then um, if you decide to purchase a copy of the book, I'm offering free signed book plates. So this is something that I would sign and then I would mail it out to you for free and you can stick it on the inside of the cover of your book so that you can essentially have the book signed by me. So if you want a free signed book plate, you can just go to my website go to the About page, and there's a contact form that you can just say, signed book plate, and then provide me with your name and address, and then I'll mail that out to you right away. Well, and it's a wonderful book. It should, it should absolutely be in everybody's library. And, you know, actually buy two because you're going to want to give one away anyhow. So <laughs> we'll just get two to start out with. Um, I want to I want to thank you so very much. This has been a great show, and I so totally appreciate your your being here and, and giving us you know two hours worth of your wisdom and your knowledge and your experience. Well, I'm uh, very honored to have had you ask me to be on the show too, and that you thought so much of the book. That means a lot. Well, I, I you know I don't normally you know review books that I don't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a fabulous book. I really adv- advise people to get a copy of it because it's it's well worth having, reading, and and certainly after listening to this interview, I bet a whole bunch do. So I do thank you again for your time and your energy and your insight and your creativity and and for all the work you put into this amazing book. We are very very welcome. Okay, guys. It's that time. Uh, don't forget to tune in tomorrow night because I've got uh, James Tabor. So it's a it's a double header this week, um, eight o'clock tomorrow. And thank you, Angela, again, and thank you everybody for listening. Good night now.